Hello, hello, everyone. It is me, your fabulous co-host, Just Sex Henry. We are back. Happy New Year, motherfucker. We are here, Krakoa Radio. It is me of Table Night, with the bottoms play and the bottoms slay, with my fellow co-host, Black Word. Here at Table Dusk, you know, where the top versus reign supreme, um, where you're always right and villains are horny. Amen. The wind god, Vontae, our lovely, amazing peacemaker. What's up, your regions here? All that peaceful, chaotic shit. What's going on, y'all? Happy New Year. And of course, the man, the legend himself, the mm. the luxury fine dining that you would never have in men is here. Dr. Showtime. Um, try someone else. Thank you. <laughs> Spoken like a king. Oh my God, I know. Like a black king. I know a black the top king. It's like butterscotch. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. So today we are reviewing X-Men number six and the finale of Inferno number four. It's so sad to see you go, Inferno, but you served a very major purpose. So mm-hmm. we're going to kick things off with X-Men first. And yours truly is reviewing X-Men today. You guys are welcome. Um, so this cover features a hero we have never seen before, and everybody's taking their photo at the treetop. The book opens with a cat in a tree that looks actually like my cat. Patrick! Plus he's in the comic book? Oh my god. The cat actually doesn't mm-hmm. like that. Plus in the comic book. I never realized Plus that until now. Display. Patrick, I found your, um, your variant. Um, I'm yelling at my cat. My cat's gonna be like, girl, shut up. Um, and he, so, so this cat's in a tree, and this lovely person comes and saves them, and he is unknown. No one knows who he is, but he is a local superhero in New York. He has an interaction with, with, uh, super, I said Superman, with Spider-Man, and the title of the article begins with, what happened to Captain Krakoa? As we see, um, Cyclops and the council having a conversation about Captain Krakoa and what he is supposed to be doing, his thoughts on it, if he should join the X-Men, not join the X-Men, and he wants them to have, they want to have counsel on it, but Cyclops is like, nah, girl, I come all the way for nothing. We need to talk this shit out now. You know what the T is, what's going on. So, in a vote to decide if Captain Krakoa joins the team or not, the council votes for him to join the team. Cyclops is pissed about this. He's not really enthused, and it becomes a whole situation. Um, as we cut over to Sunfire, who was on a rock, who's on the planet of Rocco, which makes sense. I feel like you know Sunfire has a taste level for Planet of Rocco. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Pepe Laurel mm-hmm. says we're so glad you're back to uh, drawing this shit again, bitch. You can't be leaving us like that for that long. Mm-hmm. Um, love you so much. Mm-hmm. Love you so much, so much, Pepe. And whilst he's out there chilling, there's some disturbance in the sky. There is a space shuttle that is flying into the planet, and we all know that this is like a real this is basically the capital of, of, of our of our solar system. You just can't show up uninvited. You got to have permission. But the motherfucker lands on one of the moons, which is called Phobos. Out steps out of the motherfucking spaceship is motherfucking Fei Long. I feel like that was not a Street Fighter character. It sounds was like it? it. Like the one that like Bruce Lee. I think it's a very, I think it might be a very common like Chinese uh, name. Yeah, it, it must be. Yeah, it sounds familiar. So, like, some flies, like, look, girl, 
we both Asian. You need to get off this shit. I'm trying to rationalize you. Like we both Asian. We we are we are continental brothers. Please get your ass back to earth and stop this shit, girl. You about to start some shit that we not in the mood for. So while this it's is going racial. on, it's, girl right. got racial real quick. So it's because down reminder. Casual what? reminder to our listeners, in case they don't know, China and Japan have a very long history. Uh, them motherfuckers do not like each other very much. Right. So we slide down to the to Planet Rocco and Iska looking beat as ever in her orange Fenty makeup foundation. And this mm-hmm. new character named Vornak, who I've never seen before, is like, okay, look, he up on our shit, he got to go. Vornak's like, I want that, I want, I want some of that smoke. We need to stop this shit. So Sunfire's like, I'm up for cover. Like, girl, we got this. Just go on, mind your business. I got this. And and Baylon's like, nah, this 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 motherfucking rock is mine. And Vornak's like, I ain't trying to hear all that. So when they start to get into a fight, uh, Sunfire breaks his axe, and he's like, stand down, bro. Like, I got this. Chill. So like, you know, he's in a rock eye. Like, he gonna everybody can get it. Everybody can get this work. It don't matter who it is. And then Very so they're going back hurt. and forth. He knocks Sunfire out for a second, and he goes out to Fei Long, and Fei Long lets out this really explosive green blast and actually kills Bornak. So this, so then Sunfire realizes, oh shit, we are fucked. I can't engage him because like he has abilities, and I don't know what his abilities are. So we're really screwed. So as a result, they terraform fucking Phobos and turn into a space station for Orcus. And in the midst of that, they actually have, they found Nightcrawler's body and have it on display and they're holding up as, um, as a part of, like, I guess, a trophy on this new planet. Sidebar, Blurred Maddox, space lawyer, is, is always here. Has someone stolen your precious celestial body? Blurred, Ma- Blurred Murdoch is on the job. Just let y'all know, Blurred, Blurred Maddox is not out here quitting. As we return back to Earth. That business. Right. That's he's a worker. That's an entrepreneur, you know? So we get back to the treehouse and Captain Krakoa lands. We see that everybody's mourning Cyclops' death. Um, so that means it's something that's happening we don't know about. And there's a young little black boy who's holding on to a photo of Cyclops who has a photo of him. He was like, you know what? Cyclops, his mother's like, Cyclops was his favorite. He was like, I'm gonna, and Captain Crow's like, I'm gonna make sure that nothing happens like that again. And so Cyclops, so Captain Crow walks in and revealed that Captain Crow is actually Cyclops in disguise. I can think we all kind of knew this even before this had even happened. Um, mm-hmm. but then, you know, um, he has a contract with, with, uh, with sync and he's like, I guess they ain't go for it, huh? So let's, there's let's, that. Let's look at that scene real quick, because I feel like it's so important as a bald black man for us to highlight how cold it gets, um, that I too also always wear a hoodie and Amen. I'm really happy they, they highlight that he stays in the hoodie when he's not in his uniform. Cause that nigga gotta be cold. <laughs> you know, you have a. He's in New York. It's like fall, I want to say. He won't have that hoodie on. He won't keep it fully on. Either that was going to be a do-rag. One or the other. It's like, I never take this hat off. Every time we record in, I always got a beanie on. Comfy. My say's on, too. Like, I, mean, I mean, I have the heat on right now, but like generally, like when I'm out the house, I have a, uh, I have a beanie on unless it doesn't match my outfit. If it doesn't match my outfit, then I have to be sexy and give the girls what they want. Um, mm-hmm. But then... Cyclops, so that ends, and Cyclops goes off pissed because he's clearly pissed. He's like, girl, I need some air, child. I can't be myself no more. This is bullshit. Um, then then Sky, look, Cyclops calls Mr. Yurik, that, that nosy-ass fucking reporter. He's like, you know, trying to do some investigation about, like, his story about mutants, and, you know, like, because Ben has this story about resurrection. And apparently, 
um, he comes to the understanding that like the Cyclops is actually dead in the real world. And the issue ends and Cyclops is mourning his own life. Cyclops done a lot of dumb things, so I think this is part for the course of revenge. Um, thoughts, concerns, accusations? So who was the one who wiped everyone's memory of Cyclops? They had to have done that. And that is a grievous violation, I want to say, of so many different fucking reasons. Like, this whole issue pissed me off. Not in a bad way, in an actually really good way. I can see why Cyclops was pissed um, at the tail end of that. Because, A, they infringed on a reporter who didn't do nothing wrong, stole his career-winning, like, story. B, they killed him. C, the council shouldn't be voting on nothing about the X-Men because the X-Men have nothing to do with y'all. It's a lot of well, shit going on that don't feel right. They probably did the vote because if it was part of a, a cover-up thing, they would have had to vote on that. Um, mm-hmm. I Part of me doesn't like that there has to be another Captain Nation person. Yeah. We, we have Captain America, who we all don't like. Um, Captain Britain that we like is Betsy, but like we don't need another... Like, why do we need another one? Just, just don't do that. Just let him be somebody else. Give him a different code name, a different costume. Plus, Give him a glamour like, charm. I don't know. Something. Yeah, and it's like, Krakoa... There should be a Captain Krakoa on the X-Men, right? Period. Because the X-Men are supposed to be their outreach. They're supposed to, like, distance themselves from Krakoa. Because they're going about and representing mutant kind as heroes specific to Krokoa, like they like that place, that's where they live, they go a bit there, and they love it, but it's like, that's not the point of the X-Men. And I get that in terms of, like, how Cyclops was seeing his, like, his disgruntledness. I'm really happy they're showcasing that in Cyclops right now, of, like, I don't agree with the fact that they made me do this. I don't agree with the idea that this is a smart idea, and I don't agree with the reasoning about how you executed it like dominoes. And I'm not sure. I think everyone voted yes. I did not and could not see Storm's hand. No, no person did vote yes with Sinister. Sinister was, it was Sinister the only one. Yeah. He was the only one. Because I, yeah, I was looking. I was trying to see how she voted. I couldn't see her hand. Like, literally, no, was, physically, I couldn't see it. It was unanimous. Like, you know, Sinister being a messy bitch that he is. Are you drinking strawberry? Or you... Yes, he is. <laughs> I'm preparing my palate before I eat my chicken. See, nice and crispy chocolate. Look at that. Y'all, Showtime biting his lip all sexual, getting me hot. All right. So, <laughs> get your life together. I agree. I do need to get my life together. Um, in the comments about really, really hot superheroes, I'm going to say that entire Araco, like everyone was a baddie in it. Um, yes, we've never seen Brognac before, but I am highly, you know, upset to see an icon go early. You know, that Bart was Stan. iconic. He, I stand. He was very straightforward. I understood his reasonings. Um, I agreed with his reasonings. He was so respectful as well. He was not a rude person. He was he like, you know what, permission human? to go fuck some shit up. He's like, let's go. Like, you got songs already. He was like, yeah, but I want another one. See, ambitious. That's ambition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Went up there, was like, you know what, Krokoan, I like you. You just destroyed a really old weapon. So when I kill you now, I'm going to tell everyone about you. You did this. And look at you, human. You're trying. You got really far. And I didn't feel like it was disingenuous. Not like how Nimrod be doing. 
I felt that love there. He was like, we two different people from two different tribes. And you know, right now we're just doing the thing we like to do. I respect you. Thank you for coming up here, giving me something to do. Mm-hmm. She liked Captain Krakoa. Like, I'm actually here for this. But like, I think everybody kind of knew that it was Cyclops. It's like, yeah. it's like, it, it, cause it's like for me, this is why I looked at it. It kind of gives like shade towards Captain America and Superman. Like, girl, we know what's you under there. Yeah. And that's the, also the joke is that everyone calls Cyclops the Captain America of the X Men. Right. <laughs> There's no other thing they could have did. Well, I actually like you know, it. I, I do think. Go ahead, Boo. I was gonna say, even though I disagree with that, I feel like you know Cyclops is one of those white anarchist dudes. You know, goes to a Black Lives Matter protest and it's putting his body in front of the black people, uh, cussing out cops to their face. You know, using their privilege a certain way. And he don't give me Captain America who would go. And Captain America feels like he would directly punch a protester in the face. I mean, he let a bunch of mutants die, so it's kind of fitting. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's, I mean, he's he actually was actually Hydra. So he's he, a Nazi. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's very true. And but I don't care how they tried to retcon... Right. I don't I don't even care how they tried to retcon um Captain America not being a Hydra agent in the same story they told us he was a Hydra agent. It's very confusing. And I'm rereading it, so forgive me. No, no, see the Yeah. Yes. Okay. I have you know, I have yet to read that. I need to read that. It's mm-hmm. a dumpster fire a little bit. Yeah. The first like half of it is actually not bad and it makes sense but if they didn't continue out and and like finish out the story that they started with then it turned into a dumpster fire towards the end of it then it was like yeah so what was the purpose of this when they retconned captain america in the end how they did that it was very much like oh i think we went too deep with this punch and so they was trying to do like a lot of damage control because i think that's when they started realizing the Wanda issue of like, if you do something too bad with a character, you will ruin them forever. <laughs> you can't unring Nazism, right? So it's like, if you want to use this character afterwards, you want people to like this character, you can't, you either have to hold radical like accountability for the character or you need to make sure it never happened. I for one would still call Captain America a Nazi if that was in that world. I would look at him and say, but weren't you a Nazi though? <laughs> so mm-hmm. we so like, aren't really. So on a scale from like a scale of ten to Phoenix Song Echo, how terrible is this? Wow. Is um is ten the high number or the low number? Ten is the high number. Um. Think we're Maybe Empire. Six and a half. Empire for me hit like the point of Inhumans versus X-Men when the Inhumans suddenly figured out how to win, quote unquote. Is that point in like X-Men uh gold when Storm took all the blame for the Inhuman War? That's how bad it ended. Oh well shit. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Sarn, Sarn, Sarn of the X-Men beating the Inhumans' ass. 
that's a really strong start. IDX had a really, really it, strong start beating their ass. It's literally the second half of Civil War II. Oh, mm. wow. Ew. Ew, that's awful. Like, so quite literally, mean. Civil War II was Secret Empire, the prequel. Emma Frost changing her name to Black Queen and putting on that goddamn helmet. And then also doing surgery on herself to remove a tracker of some form in her head. Girl, it was it was giving, you know, and I think, again, this is my feelings, I think Miles should have did it, but <laughs> would have been real interesting if he did do it. Um, but in terms of, like, the execution right now for the X-Men comic, I, I like that they gave finally, finally gave Sunfire something to do, and I think it's literally because Fei Long was Chinese, and then looking each other in the eye and having a weird conversation where Fei Long is like, you might be a mutant, but right now, in terms of history, what you used to represent and who you used to be and what you actively are, walking around with that fucking sun on your shirt, <laughs> you are a walking, talking problem. Because Asian, the entire country of Asia has a certain point of view about the Japanese, which is interesting because today everyone's talking about Attack on Titan. And Attack on Titan is an anime that is literally all about Japanese nationalism. And, like, this really fucked up, like, underscore to the themes going on that is basically, like, so what if you were oppressed in the past? It doesn't matter now. That sort of situation is also plays into, like, how Sunfire technically used to be. Oh, wow. Completely blinded to his beliefs and his mission as a Japanese, you know, nationalist. And he's like, oh, well, fuck Cyclops. He's just a white man walking around. But then there's like China and Korea sitting behind him going, but didn't Japan do this to us? Are we going to talk about it? Or are you just going to not? I don't know. I like Fei Long. I think this is the issue that I started liking Fei Long as the villain because they he's, had that dynamic. He's giving me that he somehow mutated himself into a half dragon. And I feel like that might slightly be racist. So I'm confused. I think his name, Long is, I think, literally means like dragon. I think his name literally translates to some reference to a dragon. Yeah. So you oh, wouldn't be yeah. far that's off. A big, that's, yeah, that's a big stereotype, though. Mm-hmm. It's, right. it's one of those things where dragons, <laughs> we'll, dragons are we'll sort of imperial symbols. Out. Yeah, it's more so like dragons are like an a imperial symbol. So it's like, it's a, you can either, if they, play it too much into it, it becomes a stereotype. Right now, I think it leans into a trope of, like, this is something that might make sense according to how they choose to perform it. Um, whereas, if he was a giving... mutant and he turned into a dragon, that would be something like, oh, no, yeah, you're doing something funny. It, it's giving um, Kabuto from Naruto Tees, um, where he, like, sage mode hit himself into a creature that's what it's giving all right so it turns out Fei long is a reference to something it's both a legendary creature like it's a dragon that flies over the clouds and makes like lightning and thunder but it's also a proper name so they got the double entendre there that it was a name but also a legendary creature and they just leaned into it okay okay cool um, but he didn't have to do that to Vornak, even though Vornak went out the way that he wanted to. I hope Iska beats his ass. I hope I 
the thing I said I want to happen, I hope happens, is literally like you set foot on Mars. You set foot. First of all, you did name the planet. It's not Arako. It's Arako. It's not Mars. That's not his name. Um, it was very, very honestly, it showed me something about Fei Long. He might not be as accepting or accommodating to all human life as he he pretended to. You know, his name is Arako. It's a living thing. All I know is you didn't have any respect for the name that it said it wanted to go by. Uh, so Fei Long, I'm gonna tell the girls on Tumblr and be your ass. Uh, but in truth, I I really hope the thing I hope I said would happen would happen. I hope that's also the basis of the X Men Red is that they take that aspect of the story of like yeah, Iska just watched you kill her homie, who is pretty impressive. Honestly, he flew from the surface of Mars to one of the moons, and I want to say under two minutes. Yeah, he's there. Um, so yeah, that's, I think that's actually the highlight of this issue for me, because the Cyclops thing, it was like a gas moment, but it wasn't like, oh, this is a heavy hitting, like, right. situation. Yeah, like, I, I like, I like, like out there. Yeah, that seemed more like damage control more than anything, more than anything. Because I like Miss Faye Long. I like her. Mm-hmm. I hope that, she turned um, out. Mm-hmm. And that frontal was everything. <laughs> it's a sewing. You can tell. But is it like purpose that she has a red neck? Is that on purpose that she has a red neck? Stay long. Mm, I think that's one of the mutations that she gave herself. You know, you know, billionaires are weird. Like, I think that's not even something that was a part of a mutation that gave him a power. I think she literally just wanted to be red. She wants to literally be a person of color. But she's Asian. She's already a person yeah, of she's color. A, yeah, she's already a person of color, but she wants to be an actual color. Oh, child. Girl. She <laughs> said the rest of y'all, she said the rest of y'all, light skin, brown skin, yellow bones, we ain't the same. <laughs> so, like, I just like really wonder, like, um, I told like my next issue, they had this whole Phobos thing figure they like go up there and blow that thing up or do something, child, because I don't know how you, you just can't come into my neighbor. And that's, that's, that's like, that's like, you know, like you having a house and somebody just put a tent on your motherfucking yard and just start living their best life. Like, what the fuck is this? Hey, long as I'm very Japanese of you, honestly. Sitting here talking that's, shit. He's yeah, gentrifying the neighborhood. Pretty fucking much. It's gonna be a Trader Joe's and motherfucking Morocco before we know it, bitch. Be careful. Mm-hmm. I want to point out one thing: how in real life China is occupying colonies in Africa. They long just occupied an African, you know, technically an African country, uh, something that belongs to African civilization. I wonder if they had they did not have that conversation in the X room. I know they did not. I don't. Know they, I know they did not realize what they just did. But you know, art imitates real life sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, I don't understand. Imitation. Yeah, well, imitation is the highest form of flattery. I'll say that. But you see, they had to imitate on a moon, not a planet. Exactly. Oh, they knew better. <laughs> Tarn would have shown up. So you got all these huh. cute little things in your genetics right now. That's so adorable. Oh, that's baby. so cute. That, Turn that it makes off. me chuckle, <laughs> <laughs> bitch. Tarn the uncut. Snatch all your powers away. Time to cut lit. Mm-hmm. 
you know, he sits upon the table of dawn. Thank you. <clears throat> I feel Speaking like of, this would be a good moment to introduce, uh, just to say, table night should be introduced. But yes. on Phobos and not being able to be evicted immediately counts as a loss. All right. Speaking of the red, uh, do we want to move on to Inferno 4? Yes, Rocky. Yes, Inferno 4. Yes, the, the, the finale. Get into the drama. Mm, the finale. Drama. Mm. This is sadly, 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 the end of Jonathan Hickman's legendary run on the X-Men books. Um, this is his final issue, final chapter, last show and season. Um, so the cover we have... It sucked as soon as it dropped. I hope his, I hope his partner read that script, dropped to the knees, and slurped. Full neck rotation, because that's what Hickman deserves. Wow, that was very graphic. Um, so the cover here <laughs> is Mystique standing in front of somebody's grave um, and she's partially uh, morphed into Destiny. Uh, we open up with uh, Magneto and uh, Professor X having been uh, ambushed trying to rescue Mora from Orcus. Um, so there's a whole bunch of uh, Orcus uh, soldier people um, and uh, Nimrod and Omega Sentinel um, the Orcus guys uh, are threatening uh, Magneto and Professor X, saying that they outnumber them and that they're the baddest bitches ever and that um, Nimrod and Omega Sentinel will kill them. And then immediately Omega Sentinel and Nimrod kill all of the humans in the room immediately <laughs> and say um, and remind them that, bitch, this isn't humans and machines versus mutants. This is machines versus all you organic bitches. And um, so then it leads it to, it leaves the room to be two on two, Professor X, who normally we would assume would be totally useless in this fight because what are you gonna do against two machines? We'll get there. And Magneto. Um, so it is just the two of them in the room and then they go back and forth uh, with, I'm sorry, just the four of them in the room, and uh, they go back and forth fighting each other. Um, Professor X actually demonstrates his telekinetic powers in this issue. I want that mm -hmm. to be very clear. He does it multiple times in this fight. So the um, Magneto pulls down some big-ass machinery to try to crush Nimrod and Omega Sentinel to end the shit so that then he and Charles won't be, um, he and his boyfriend husband his at this man. point basically his nigga that was a very sexual um, conversation they had the first other con like telepathy that was very intimate sure did um don't get outclassed by machines um they basically go back and forth uh and then they sort of pair off like everybody is going to expect in a one-on-one -on, -one on one on one however many ones um fight so it pairs off to be uh, Charles and uh, Omega Sentinel, no, sorry, Charles and Nimrod and Omega Sentinel and Magneto, um, and then the Cere the uh, you say what now? That's a bad matchup. I was just going to point yep. out that was a very bad matchup. I would win for Xavier against Omega Sentinel. But we see that that didn't actually work out to his benefit. Um, that Charles loses the Cerebro helmet that he's uh, been rocking. 
and it gets crushed by Nimrod. In response, Charles um, spazzes out on Nimrod and does a telekinetic blast that blows up Nimrod. That's exactly what I'm looking at. There's no other explanation. He uses telekinesis on Nimrod and explodes him. Um, then we pan back over to, uh, I'm sorry, pan back over to Destiny and Mystique who have Moira in the uh, no place uh, that she was hiding in. Um, Moira tries to talk big bad shit to Destiny and Mystique saying that you won't kill me because I'll just erase all this and blah, blah, blah. So Mystique is like, mm, bitch, you tried it and shoots her. Come to find out the gun that she shoots her with is uh, the gun that for the neutralizer that Forge created many, many moons ago that actually ended up taking Storm's powers at one point. Um, and they got it from Emma Frost. We don't know how Emma Frost got it, but you know, that's a white bitch who has her secrets. She had mm -hmm. the neuralizer um, in her office and she gave it to Destiny and Mystique as part of their plan to take down Moira. Um, and so their plan was, and this is understandable, remove her powers and then kill her. And then she won't be able to come back to ruin anything. The timeline would be set. That's it. And if she does come back, somebody would have to resurrect her, which would set her powers after Krokoa existed, and she wouldn't be able to impact it ever. Um, then they pan back to uh, reveal sort of how uh, they captured Moira. Um, essentially, this is all what we knew. Mystique was playing uh, Sage, a member of the Orcus folks, and sort of just took her after um, Orcus ended up kidnapping her. Um, and brought her back uh, to Destiny at the No Place. Um, they have an uh, exchange where basically all of the women are trying to uh, uh, compare whose tits are bigger, and um, everyone's trying uh, to sort of show off their abilities. We see that in the 20 minutes between um, Mystique shooting Moira with the Neuralizer, she decides to morph her hair down to a bob and give us a sickening bad bitch moment. Um, and then they all her. sit there and talk cash shit to each other. Moira, Destiny, and uh, Mystique. And then um, it's revealed that Moira's whole entire purpose was to provide a mutant cure that she actually ended up uh, going reverting back to the last life um, that Mystique and Destiny had her captured, uh, which was life three, four, whichever. It was like three. Uh, okay, life three that she actually does want uh, the mutant cure to be a thing um, to cure the planet from, to, to cure mutants from ever becoming mutants. So she wants to cure people before they're ever, um, their X gene ever activates. Uh, we go back over to the fight. Uh, between um, our our um, old ass gay couple and um, the robots, the NFTs and cryptocurrency of the Marvel <laughs> universe. Um, as expected, um, Nimrod ends up um, taking uh, Charles by the neck, as he does with everybody that he fights with, uh, and uses him to blackmail Magneto. 
um, into surrendering so that they can leave and just takes their respective people back to wherever. Um, Magneto also ends up blowing up um, or taking apart uh, Omega Sentinel. So essentially, um, Nimrod is trying to, or is implying that he's like, you take yours, I take mine, we split up and we go off and we'll uh, come back and fight another day. He's lying, of course, because that's what a machine would do. Um, and as Magneto essentially surrenders um, control of Omega Sentinel, he snaps Charles's neck. So Charles is now dead. And Magneto spazzes out, um, blows up both of them, um, but then, or attempts to, but then realizes that they have power dampeners um, and his powers are minimized. And a clone of Nimrod, because Nimrod can make copies of himself, ends up killing uh, Magneto. And Omega Sentinel reforms. Nimrod um, has a spare clone. And then uh, they sort of lay claim to having defeated Charles and Magneto. Um, we go back over to the lady fight and discover that the master planner of all master planners, Cypher, enters the no, the no place and reveals that he has been monitoring everything that's been going on and doesn't want them um, to do anything. Then he puts his dick on the table and he tells Mystique, you have a few options here. You can either kill me um, and then immediately get kicked off the council and then thrown into the through into exile into the hole, or you can leave and leave Moro the fuck alone. Destiny then confirms that, saying that they have three options, um, that if uh, they kill him, um, they would have to kill uh, Moira also, and then either Destiny and uh, Mystique will be kicked off the council, or Mystique will, and one of them will die, the other will live, and be dependent on the life. So she essentially says, we have no choice but to let her go. Um, uh, Cypher is threatened by Mystique, and then is reveal it, it is revealed that Krakoa itself, Bay the Blood Moon, and Warlock um, pop out and essentially back Cypher up like you're going to have to really try to actually kill him because he's got entire backup. Um, they eventually, let, he gives, uh, he has Warlock give Moira back her arm uh, with a uh, Warlock arm, I guess. And then she's set free through Krakoa and Krakoa is given the instruction to let her through to wherever the fuck she's going and then to never allow her to pass through a gate again um, as she is human now. Um, and so she is given a head start to take off. Um, and then we pan back to, I think it was the first, first thing that we saw in the Inferno story, um, which Hickman has done again for the second time. Um, the scene where Charles and uh, Magneto are uh, being resurrected and Emma Frost is there to greet them um, and says to me, my X-Men, once she's uh, greeted them and put their minds back, she reveals to they have a meeting um, of the Quiet Council, and she tells uh, Charles and Magneto that she has shared the secret of uh, that they have kept with Mora with the rest of the council, and states that it will be a curse that all of them will have to hold uh, from then on. That there it is no longer a secret that the two of them to keep. It is now something that the entire uh, Quiet Council 
will have to be responsible for, and that will lead us into Immortal X-Men that comes to us in March. Um, rude comments. So, of course, Mystique will win a titty contest because, as we established, she changes her boobs size all the time. Her titties will always be the biggest. I'm in um, love. Mm-hmm. I'm in love. I like the finale. Finale. I'm here for it. Uh, Miss Cypher Girl. Mm-hmm. You came through, daughter. You came through, mm-hmm. daughter. Really happy for you. You came through, daughter. I will say Magneto, Xavier, date night. Here for it. That shit had my pussy going. Pussy got real loud. <laughs> I turned the press. I said, come on, Eric. Be a pound up, you better take them to pound town like you do me, girl. I know you can. <laughs> we got kids out here. You know what I'm saying? So I really I I I I'm with Showtime. There ain't no way to explain it. That was a telekinetic thing. I think that we need to really discuss the fact that most of these telepaths and or tele uh, telekinetic people both have both abilities. It's probably like in mm-hmm. very low volumes. We but have like, you know, um we actually were talking about that on the the uh podcast page um i forgot who it was that i was talking about it with that there's only like three actual pure telekinetics there's only three of them right right everybody else is either a telepath with telekinetic potential quote-unquote or Mm -hmm. the quote-unquote rare but it's a million of them telepaths that have telekinesis also i was in love i didn't I, i i i was in love like destiny was like look we got three choices here and uh, it ain't gonna look good for any of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Telling you, Destiny is a mutant mafia boss. Nobody can tell right. you different. I I love, yeah, I love like, that from, from Counter X to now. Chow. I like, 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 motherfucking, motherfucking Destiny is the motherfucking Olivia Pope of, of the Hickman era. The bitch is gonna give you a monologue, she's gonna tell you what mm-hmm. she feel. And she and, and she was like looking at Monique, Mystique and be like, earn me, earn me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 Chill, and, baby, I got. This. And Cipher came in like Papa Pope and was and gave a big speech and let the girls know I'm the one with the big dick. Keep it cute. <laughs> I got I, I got a clip of my phone with Papa Pope and I'm a part. I'm gonna put it to the Core Radio uh, Twitter account. And that, and that man was like, I am the hell and the high water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can tell in Mortal X-Men, these psychics are going to be the central focus because it's the way that Inferno reestablished. Like, you don't need to be a Magneto to be, like, a powerful mutant. Cypher walked in that bitch, and he was like, you can kill me. Honestly, Mystique, you might go toe-to-toe for a little second. You know, I might read your movements. We're going to have... I've been practicing with the sword, but... You might inevitably win. You're not beating my wife. You're not beating Warlock. You for damn train sure being Krakoa. <laughs> yeah, because Bay, oh Bay, the Blood Moon, she was posted up. She said, "Okay." She said, "Bay popped in and said." <laughs> Bay popped in and said, "I know my nigga can't understand none of what I'm saying, so you know I'm cussing his ass out all the damn time. But guess what? The fuck you're not gonna do? You're not gonna whoop my ass." <laughs> like, they like, they like, I understand hands. You understand hands. I understand hands, and I got them. What you want, Mystique? Uh, Mystique low key knew that too, because she saw. She kind of like backed off though. She she low key backed off. <laughs> Drop him. 
I drop you. Right. One note. <laughs> One word is all it's going to take. So you better go off there. You better defend your man. Mystique was like, okay, so like Destiny, um, for real, for real, what are my chances here? You could probably succeed in, in killing him, but let me tell you, that's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Good idea. Mm-hmm. Listen mm-hmm. to your wife. Yeah, and we Girl, just got yeah. reunited. We just got reunited. I don't want to leave you where we have. We, we only been together for like a few days. <laughs> right, come right, back right. For another three years. She said that's not worth it. We got a lot more shit to do. We we did what we need to do to the bitch. She's human. She got long to live. We'll find mm-hmm. her eventually. And I was like, you know what? Exactly. So you're human. You can't last long. You won't last long. We'll find you. She got that um, uh, phalanx arm from Warlock, though, so that might be something he for her. He might keep a tab on her. Like I know where she had it. I will only only I will know where she is. Much as that, but you I know, think it's also you know Cipher going to be. You know Cipher definitely is keeping tabs. He told her straight up, "Yeah, it's either that or you didn't have an arm, and I figured you needed an arm, so." Do you not want the arm? I can take it. <laughs> and that can be just and that can be just pure generosity. He's having tabs on her at all times. Just in case. Just in case. Right, the just niggas thought this- ahead enough to be like, I'm gonna make sure that if these niggas decide to be sneaky on Krakoa, I'm gonna out sneak them. Mm-hmm. Then the nigga thinks. Yeah, uh, uh, Cypher is definitely displaying bad bitch tendencies. And I love nice well, it's not bad, it's not tendencies, he is. If, if Cypher was in charge of X-Force, they would have been had their shit handled by now. I like Cypher being like, you know, because the Cypher we got in the New Mutants back in the 80s and 90s was a different character. And I really love how methodical he has gotten to become. How he's really thought ahead on all this shit. Like, you know, I don't really celebrate Twink. Not on this world. But... <laughs> he has a black wife, you know? Yeah, like, you know... <laughs> He like them white. He like he like he like them white men on motherfucking TikTok to be having black wives. It's like I dare you to say something. I dare you to say loving, something. Loving the fuck on his black wife too. Has right. no idea what she's saying to him. Right. But he loves. He ain't gotta her. know. He ain't gotta know. He ain't gotta know. Like like I like that nigga walked in. He was like I. I said please, please say something crazy. So I can hit everybody here in their mouth. Please go ahead and say something. I ain't gotta hit you. My girl gonna hit you. She you know like Warlock be translating for him. You know Warlock translates what he what she says straight to him every single time. I did not know I needed a Kokoa Warlock Cipher Beta Blood Moon collaboration. I didn't know I needed. There's a lot of collaborations happening in this book that I didn't know I needed till today. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Beta Blood Moon keeps like, popping up on everybody's team. Everybody's like, "Come on, Bay, come on, come along." X Men Viper seen one. And the great part about it is they didn't even have to get active. <laughs> Yes. They did not have to get active. They kind of went in the room. They took charge and kind of gave that energy. Like, okay, you do this shit. You want to take it there? We about to light this motherfucker up. I just want to let you know. <laughs> this comic in general, this issue started real good because I'm happy. Like, I was reading that. And as soon as those motherfuckers went, like, we got you outnumbered. And Nimrod and Omega was like, this isn't. Girl, I, y'all not. What are y'all going to do? <laughs> like, you're not important. We realize you're not important. We realize that we already conquered you. You guys need your iPhones and shit. We don't got those niggas. 
Though that's mm-hmm. the, the focus. mutants don't that's need the us. Enemy. Y'all need us, so we have y'all conquered. The mutants don't need us. We need uh-huh. to get rid of them. Bro, got this shit called technophoronics. That shit's not even technology. That's weird. <laughs> this is. I was like, I'm happy. I was like, I applaud it when they killed all the humans. Because I was like, honestly, mm-hmm. that's what it looks like. Y'all have been nothing but thorns used to like outwit the mutants. But in truth, the mutants don't really need. They need to be the priority, and y'all are just an inconvenience. Y'all made AI thinking y'all had that shit under control, and Omega Sentinel and Nimrod went, nah, this is just a fight between Titans, and y'all are barely specs. You guys really don't even matter. I have actually enjoyed, I know we we sort of um, asked about this before we got any of Inferno, the explanation of what happened to cause Karima to go from an ally of the X-Men to being such a staunch opponent of them. And I have Mm -hmm. enjoyed her growth as a character through this, through the Inferno story to explain that eventually the Omega Sentinel nanites took over her whole body and then went back in time to like that whole thing. And then her exchange, her, her battle with the two Titan, the two quote unquote Titans of uh, Krakoa. Mm-mm. I really am happy also that they knew how to illustrate Magneto fighting because in that entire situation it was like you might only see like metal bits and shit flying everywhere I think it was fighting mm-hmm. on like multiple levels it was like he was turning that entire room into like a tsunami and then Xavier in the back barely keeping up I, I, that matchup was really bad I don't know why he went after the thing with no brain versus the cyborg with a little bit of a brain um, mm-hmm. I'm happy it ended up realistically you see why he yeah, needed a team people go do his work for him. Yeah, because I figured Magneto would hold up way better against Nimrod than Xavier. But I I do I do kind of like the little telekinetic blast thing that he did. So I'm not gonna complain too much. So it, it shows that he wasn't completely defenseless, but yeah, he definitely should have went up against somebody on his his level. <laughs> also, I think that's also why they kill all well, the like there. It was like you guys are going up against one of the most iconic telepaths in anything. Like, literally, I want to even say, like, telepathy, Xavier is who people think of when they think of the, what a telepath is. It's not no green, it's not no uh, fucking Martian Manhunter. You barely remember that that's one of his powers. I'm like, if you think about a telepath, you think of Charles Xavier. Y'all not going to resist him if he actually tried in here. No matter what kind of dampeners you got. Y'all need to die because y'all all like potentially. And he's wearing us. the Cerebro helmet on top of that. He was going to win regardless. It was like, y'all need to die because I'm not going to have y'all shooting guns at me while I'm trying to focus on Magneto, who's literally the actual threat here. <laughs> Girl, it was beautiful to watch. Um, I'm really happy they also illustrated because to me, I believe up until like that point where Xavier had to remind Magneto, like, if we die, we don't carry this with us. And that's how I also recognize that this probably happened before the Eldritch Orchid situation. So that is a very confusing fucking timeline. It mm-hmm. actually, that battle that they had actually happened after. Mm-hmm. Then why don't they use the Eldritch Orchid to come back? 
because then they will retain the memory they had when they died, right? So is that the rule of that? It feels like it should be one of the rules. It's because logic. I thought it doesn't it was need a backup. Just you get the DNA to be able to and the memory backup, but not less, but it's still like at set intervals. Mm, right. Hmm. That it allows Cerebro to grab a mental backup from across time, but it's only at a set interval rather than any time. And then they would just resurrect and then it wouldn't be a risk to resurrect at all. True. That's right. But I do also recognize like this, I, I immediately like I do the thing comic readers do. Like, why didn't he just do that? But I'm happy the decision that Xavier went like, oh, I can't back this up was the only thing he thought of in the moment because it reflected how egotistical and how self-centered Xavier is that he did not think to reach his brain across the planet and tell someone else rather than he thought, I'm the only person who can handle this information right now. He didn't reach out to Emma. He can talk to Emma from there. He should have. But it didn't occur to him. I'm like, I believe it didn't occur to him because or that's Gene. some shit. Gene could have reached him. All him could have reached him except he didn't reach out because he did not. It did not occur to him naturally. Very much like how Emma pointed out, like, Telepaths are all fundamentally different, which is the thing we all, everyone suspected, I think, about how telepathy works, is that your personality informs how your power expresses itself. And so, like, when Xavier goes into your head, he tries to understand you. When I go into your head, I find your weaknesses. And then I well, work I have, from your weaknesses to everything else. I have a theory mm -hmm. about why he, why he didn't say anything. I only had this theory because this other character that I'm going to discuss can't, is coming up in another book. So I have a theory. I think he didn't say anything because for, for, because forget me not was there the whole time, and no one could Ooh. perceive him. I like that. I like to think about forget me not just being places. I've liked forget me not since the moment he was born as a character like archetype when Xavier was dead. Right. Like he was in the room at all times, following him right. around, just making sure like like uh like Cipher actually was. Mm hmm. Because if 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 forget me not is imperceptible, that means no one can see him, and all person that's aware of him is Xavier. So with that being said, maybe they have some kind of agreement. Like, look, I'll take care of you. You just follow me out the house for the crazy shit. The nigga could have been in the room the whole time while that was going on. Then I'm not sure if Machine could pick up on, on forget me not or not. But there's a possibility that like he was in the room the whole time. Was like I have the whole memories, and then he'd be like, no, forget me not. Like, hey, sis. What happened? And I, and I, and I also assume, also assume that he didn't back himself up because if he backed himself up, knowing he was going to die, that whoever's going to resurrect him would be another would be another telepath who could see what he saw. That'd be the first thing. That'd be the last memory. That's why I'm really upset that they did not tell Emma to begin with. Because Emma is the one you trust with that sort of information, not mm -hmm. Scott, not even. I'm like, you can tell Storm, but Storm would have a lot of judgment about it. <laughs> Storm would have a lot of feelings regarding all the shit you decided to do. And I'm really happy they highlighted that in the end when they went, you know, uh, the most trusted. And like, you see Storm's face is like, this is some fucked up shit. This is stupid. All of this is wrong. And I don't fuck with y'all. I'm going to Arako. And then I think like, unless you need me. And he asked Emma to come be a part of Kakro before Kakro was even established because he had her do the Hellfire Trading Company. So mm -hmm. it was like, it's not like you didn't have her already. That was very specifically, like even like when she would go get uh, saber tooth out of the court. Emma, Emma about her business. She gonna handle business. Period. 
but that's also how men and misogyny works. See, there you go, connecting the dots. Mm-hmm. They invalidated her. They didn't trust her to operate this. And I'm happy we said that we are all in agreement that you are right to keep the secret, but you did not tell right. us, and we need it. Mm-hmm. And it's like also very much saying that you guys held this weapon as if we're not all equals here. And so, yeah, this is going to be a problem. And that's why you can introduce some shit like, oh, you guys can come and go as you please. It's because you did not intentionally have us in here where you risk anything if we left. Now, you can't pick us out of the uh, of the, um, the Quiet Council because we know too much. And I just keep looking at Colossus. Mm. We know Magneto is going to leave the Quiet Council um, very likely during Immortal X-Men to go over and join our regent of Araco, the voice of soul on planet Araco. Um, a lot of ethnic shit happening over there. Mm-hmm. Brown Bobby is joining them as well. Who? <laughs> Brown Bobby. Brown Bobby. Sunspot. Brown Bobby. Oh, y'all. Oh, I can't. Brown Bobby, no sissy. Mm-hmm. There's sissy Bobby and then there's Brown Bobby. Brown Bobby. But you know, um, Marvel often forgets that that Brown Bobby is actually brown. They Mm -hmm. they color him beige a lot. And temperaments. You got a gay boy, a gay twink, you know, the ice ice twink, uh, which is one of his code names, Sissy Bobby. And then you got someone I completely believe is heterosexual, Roberto. I don't think he fucks oh, well. I think he's deep into the kink game, but I don't think he fucks very well. It's a difference. I think he's one of those, you can give me head, but I'm not really touching you type of straight niggas. Yeah, I think it's a power thing. Uh, definitely, if he, uh, if he fucks a guy, it's like, I'm doing this because I, it makes me more dominant to have fuck a dude. And it's like, that's a weird dynamic. Um, I'm not a receiving mouth is a mouth. Mouth is a mouth. Not worried about giving pleasure as much as he is about experiencing it. Very selfish. Well, I won't go down on you, but you can go down on me. Uh-huh. Mm, Roberto. But selfish. I'm not... Selfish so for a second, we can talk about that, actually, because it does lead into, I think, a lot of what's going on here. So X-Men Red is coming up, and we got those the major three. Magneto, Storm, and Roberto, who all reflect a very specific mentality of, like, Every incarnation of the X Men, I want to say, because um, they're like, I want to say like they were the X Men who came from a very specific background of not only like hard atrocities committed against them and trauma, but also like they're like we're the mutants that if we weren't mutants, we would still be facing shit of their team, right? Um, so it's really interesting to see them together because I've always asked the question of what would have happened if Magneto got the storm first. And he was the one who introduced her, like, oh, you don't have to be here. What would her dynamic be like as a person if she left from there with Magneto and they went about their own business together? She's a Brotherhood member instead of a X-Man. And it gave me a Rocky Storm, the storm that we were potentially about to get, which is a wild storm. The one who is like, I'm fully a goddess, ain't no sort of like I am. Um, mm-hmm. I will kill each and every one of you. In fact, if I had been there when you were fighting Nimrod and make a sentinel, there would be no situation where a power dampener mattered. Especially because 
okay, Henry and this damn chicken. Um, especially since Storm very regularly defeats people without her powers. Quite mm-hmm. regularly. Doesn't need, even if she had them, she doesn't even need to use them. Just, you're defeated. Okay. I didn't have to use my powers. I really like this team. I like that lineup of trios. Because Roberto's also like that, but he went weird with it when he became a capitalist. And now he's just like a dickhead, fundamentally a dickhead. Which I don't recall him being like this. It's <laughs> the issue. I've never recalled Roberto being like this deep into like, oh, I'm all about my money only. In fact, it's now like almost a parody of a person. Well, you know, people change when they get an extra coin, so maybe mm-hmm. that's a part of his character. Mm-hmm. When he was um, running AIM, which, why? But it worked, but whatever. Um, he, was he was running, running AIM. AIM. Yes, yeah. he ran AIM. That nigga be having more jobs than Lord, he be he was, a, he was that motherfucker. He was an Avenger. God, and that's when he ran AIM for the Avengers, so he was. it was... Mm-hmm. Avengers initial whatever idea mechanics. I think it's Avengers idea, idea mechanics. mechanics. Yeah, Avengers idea mechanics when he was running it, um, and they became their own Avengers team, which okay. And then the U.S. Avengers, but Al Ewing wrote that, so it wasn't awful. Anyway, um, Brown Bobby um, is going to be fantastic in that story, and I cannot wait to see it. Some people suspect his powers are going to change or be like heavily impacted because he's further away from the sun. Oh, that's right. He gets charged by the sun. Mm-hmm. Like Havoc and Cyclops? Cyclops. Yeah, Cyclops, their power is solar based. Are they? Because I I know he also, they, they do are. weird shit with Cyclops' power all the time. Where sometimes, oh, it's portals and his pupils. And he opens it into an alternate dimension of pure energy. And that's what. It, and then sometimes, like he absorbs the ambient. Yeah, humans. yeah, they said, they, yeah, they said that too. But it's like they, it's like their solar charge. From my understanding, their solar charge. So I'm, I'm not sure. Like you said, they do it's, weird uh, stuff with their powers. Yeah, Cyclops' power is the only one that has not been updated in a while, and I would really appreciate if they did it because <laughs> I liked, you know, in that run of Uncanny X Men where he was at the uh, Charles Xavier, new Charles Xavier school. Where his powers expanded so that now he can bend the blast on when I'm moving his head. And like when it was wild and would just fire everywhere, we had the X for a visor. I enjoyed that because I'm like, you guys haven't done a lot with Cyclops. You need to just give him a secondary mutation if you want. Just give him something else because right now you guys have gotten so simplistic with it that it does not feel like he's engaging as much as like the Omega levels on his original team. Or even you, you know what they have not utilized in a long time, and I just now realized it because I was rereading the story that it last happened. Sage's ability to upgrade your mutation or give you a secondary one. Yeah, they have not used that in such a long time. I feel like the last time they did that, wasn't it Extreme X-Men? It was, and they did it to activate Slipstream's power. Yeah, like I feel mm. like that's all. I feel like that's awesome. Like also, that's a really awesome. And lifeguard need to come back. Mm-hmm. I was making a pitch for a Brotherhood of Mutants uh, comic book, and I 
had two heroes. At first, I had I have random, but then in the issue, I planned for him to die uh, early. He's just there because I wanted to see, like, oh, though a mutant whose power is to make a power that counters yours onto Arako, he would be really useful. Then he dies, and then I choose to bring up Lifeguard. Lifeguard is just cool. She's a very cool mutant. Mm-hmm. I like her. Um, Speaking of brotherhood, these were brotherhood related characters. Instead of doing like, just a random thought, instead of them doing like that Legion of X team, I really wish they would have did that Freedom Force team. If they were going to do like mm. the whole precinct type of thing, I feel like they would have been better. I don't know. I used to hate the idea of the Legionaries, and then I remembered how big Krakoa is. Because it's not just like, the main island that you see, I'm like, oh yeah, isn't it like habitat in a bunch of different countries and a bunch of different places? And each of those habitats can be a, like any size. And so it's like you have a one landmass with a bunch of pocket dimensions. And so you kind of have to monitor some shit. So yeah, I agree. I think the Freedom Force gives a better idea than just the idea of a legionnaires, where is where we are the cops of the world like what does that look like what kind of cops are you going to be because you can't be traditional women and i hope they paint that picture pretty clearly of like yeah we just had a whole situation where people were like we don't really fuck with cops so what does that look like on Krakoa when you're inventing the country from the bottom up well I, but what i'm but what i'm gauging and, I, and and this is why i think why juggernaut is able to be in this team and this works because I don't think they're Krakoa. I think they're on Arako. Hmm. Because Legion's thing is on Arako. It's not on Earth. Right, right. Hmm. So, like, because, like, it's like a waiting in, room. He's going to be yeah. as, as, a, as a galactic citizen from the planet Earth versus him having to use a portal. Because, like, you know, there are portals on the planet, but, you know, there's still space travel, too. So, like, he could easily, like, go to the peak and get, you know, get sent over by manifold back to Earth. But, you know, I pretty doubt that that's going to happen. But, like, more likely, like, they need more policing actually. Oh, I sound really white. Mm. <laughs> oh, that sounded really Thank you. Thank you for <laughs> immediately catching that. Yeah, Thank I you. immediately caught myself. Oh, wow. God, it was protect all law enforcement. It was giving Blue Lives Matter. It was giving Crime Bill. I mean, maybe okay, that's well, why Destiny is on the team. Let's hypothesize that potentially... They will be proactive towards situations of, you know, harm rather you mean than blindfold? reactive. Yeah, blindfold. I call her Destiny. I'm so sorry, sweetie. Okay. But you're not it's her. her. Grand, it's her granddaughter. It's right. her granddaughter, but blindfold, you're not her. We now see what she is, and that's not you, baby. I love you, but you're not. That's your, your grandmama. She did that shit. She did it. I mean, I'm just. Uh... And also, another thing too that I noticed too. I have a question. Like, so, like when Destiny was sitting there going back and forth with Cipher, and they were like, you know, I see three outcomes. Are these three realities the things that lead into Destiny of X? Because like, it's three realities in the Destiny of X that come out of a outcome. So, was Doug's outcome with them going to call Destiny of X? Because literally, that should right. Because Destiny's the same in each photo. I think potentially. I think what we were looking at was a world without Myra, um, a world without opposition to Myra, and a world where they both exist together. 
So I'm, I'm really curious about what that like. Cause I don't know what's coming up. Does anybody know what books are coming up? I mean, we're not we're not at the end of the show. I'm rushing. Um, right. I'm really like I'm like really wondering like what books because like all the books are pretty much wrapped up. Yeah. Um, and, and t- until spring. Marauders is the only one that's left. Also, how did? Oh yeah, I think I just realized also what they did there. I think you might be onto something there, Henry, because. Like, because Cypher's ability is really weird, like the ability to know, to read and understand language, which is really the power to read and understand all things that can be read. Right. Like, when Destiny couldn't see him coming, he walked in, he's like, she's like, what, what the fuck? Uh, that was a big moment. And I think he got glossed over because they were doing so much shit. But in that moment, you kind of figure out that Cypher's power is a foil to hers. Right, because things that like remember she she kept complaining early on about this blind spot, this hole that she can't understand why this hole is existing, and I think Cipher is the hole because no one knew that he knew everything that he knew. Mm-hmm. His power so is something based on that. Yeah, something that just occurred to me: if he okay, was okay. able to to spy on when on everything Krakoa related, uh, no spot, no spaces, and not and everything. He would know when Moira wasn't in her, her no place, uh-huh. where she left Destiny's diaries. Uh huh. Uh huh. So he would have had access to Destiny's diaries uh-huh. just the same as she did. Uh huh. And she had all of them, bitches. Right. Uh-huh. Right. Where's that bitch? He just is. People slept with him in X of Swords, but he earned this shit. Mm-hmm. Right. That X of Swords, them trying to say that um, he had he wasn't going to be useful in combat and magic had to train him. I, the whole time I was like, so did we forget that he can read body language? And he right. was probably playing dumb that whole time because that nigga can actually fight? Okay. I would have right. loved the moment. It was an actual spar. They throw him against someone like Iska, and he immediately interprets how to beat her. Right. To me, it feels obvious how you not defeat, but how you stand your own against Iska. And it's, you just choose not to win the fight. Like, it doesn't say that she wins immediately. If you mm-hmm. reinterpret her power and you act like, I'm not actually going to fight you, but you also can't leave the fight because if you leave, that's a surrender and you lose. I like that aspect of Iska's power is that it does things against her will, like her goal-oriented abilities of like, sometimes you need to surrender a battle to win it. She can't interpret it that way. Is that you can never lose, period. Right. Um, He he got it. He got it like that. mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. Like, it's, I think, I think, I think we are, I think there is a lack of comprehension about what his abilities really do. Al Ewing, we're talking to you, sis. Go ahead and work on that, because you're good at explaining shit Please. that other people can't explain. Like, you need to... They, they, they know what they need to do, because, like, you take it back old school. Like, remember, like, back in the day, we used to get the, like, the books, they have, like, full explanations of every character, like, you know, God to the Marvel Universe. They need to do this for Kokoa, and do one just for Kokoa, and, like, explain everything, and Al Ewing, you get to write all the abilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's very good at uh, characterization. Like, very good at it. You can add a section to the back that's just no mutant circuits, and you can just list the combination of people and what they've done. That would be a really good addition. And also, like, like, 
mutants that block out each other's abilities, like I think is like there's a conflict between Cyphers and and Destiny's abilities. Destiny. Um, yeah. Who are the then the when siblings' powers don't work against each other because Emma Frost can't use her abilities against her sisters or her brother. Same right. thing with Cyclops against his brothers. But some can. Well, I know the Braddocks had that slight issue too, I believe. Yeah. Or it used to be, I think it no. changed around the time when Monarch resurrected Betsy using his power. He's like, oh, I made a bunch of additions to your body so that it could be more preferable to how things work. Like, I think what he did was that he made her immune to was it reality, reality changes? Yeah, yeah, she's, so immune, she's to immune to reality to warping. And didn't bother that X-Man, was... though, but... That's a good brother. That was nice. You know, he's just a little insane. It's like he doesn't, it's like he hates his, his sister and his brother. It's just that sometimes he's a little out there. <laughs> I actually do, st- I actually do stand Jamie Braddock, actually. Like, um, because like, like the real stars of the show are really him and Maggie for real, but no one's really talking about Well, we talk about Maggie. Maggie's that girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they really are the stars of the show. It's in costume. Mm-hmm. I like they really the costume are. Like, they, too. Yeah, they both like really tripped me the fuck out. Also, he's a wizard, which I forget sometimes that he's a wizard. Maggie, he Maggie is. with the oh, shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Monarch is a very, very, very powerful um, sorcerer, actually. Mm-hmm. Which he doesn't even need to be because he's also a reality warper. He just like him and magic is like sometimes it's magic. No, it's him and Celine. It's like, did you just do magic? Was that your power? He just goes, yes. <laughs> exactly. Hope, also, hopefully, my last thing about that fundamentally about this uh, comic issue is I am also really happy with how we've now got Mystique back um, in terms of, like, she's a threat. Because I wanted to highlight that it took her basically half a day to topple Krakoa as we know it. Yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. She's First like, oh, so that. all I have to do is pretend to be these three people? Cool. Says, I'll be back. Got it. So easy. He said, like, "Maury, you really God. thought you couldn't be touched, girl." And honestly, like my like Raven was like, you know, with a strong woman at your side, you can change the world. I There's will destiny. also point out that Emma Frost has plans, as contingency plans, more detailed than Batman. Yeah, I, you know, she is definitely giving Batman with the Justice League. She has a contingency, yeah, she contingency plan place for everybody. Yeah, she was true. a smart one. She was Good a smart point. one. She said, let's grab. She didn't go after the powerful mutants like Xavier did. You want to think, talk about and think about like who's Emma Frost's go-to five is. She took the cuckoos and she took empath. And those are her people. She took all the really powerful psychics in a variety of different ways and said, these are my hands. She, she could have blindfold. She'd get blindfold. Mm-hmm. She's not playing around with nobody. She's like, mm. Charles and Charles and Eric think they're in charge. Cute for them. Um, they showed me that Myra actually is running their asses. Cute for her. Um, Destiny and Mystique are over here and need like direction because otherwise they would just be a mess. Um, I'll take them. We're going to go ahead and somehow get the, ne- the neutralizer out of Forge, whether it be make him make it again and forget, 
or um, have him give it to you, one or the other. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and then you're going to be surprised by the fact that Cypher actually saw all of y'all's shit and knew everything that was going on and then puts his dick down on the table like, that's cute. Keep it cute. Krakoa above all. Basically, give me all the bitches that people think ain't about shit. <laughs> give me all the passive powers. Give me all the Phoebe Hollywells. I'm I was just for... about to say. Cypher, Sage, and Prodigy. Those three right there. Just give me those three, and I'm good. I don't need nobody else. Bad bitch. And then clarify, this is how telepathy actually works. You guys think you guys can go telepath. That's the Xavier shit. I know all your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Bad bitch. Emma's not playing. She said, Charles is the one that actually gives a fuck about your feelings and shit. And even then, he's just going to exploit them. Me? I don't need none of that. I'm just here to exploit your weaknesses. And that's what I'm going for first. But guess who taught her that shit? Guess who fucking taught her that shit? Astrid fucking Bloom. I, in that Brotherhood comedy that I drafted, um, I included Astrid coming back. Because I truly, truly want her back. I think it's time. I think after this, I feel like they're going to, I feel like Immortal X-Men needs to be where it happens. Where they realize that they can't outwit Emma Frost, and so you need the person mm-hmm. who drafted everything that she's about, not Sebastian Shaw. You need to you need to grab her from her coma, wheel her into the waiting room, and resurrect her. Mm-hmm. But anywho, I think that's all we have for Inferno, um, and that leads us into our circuit party for the week. But before we touch onto that, we had a few con. Uh, um, from our lovely, lovely audience on the all right, so thank you guys. No, we are a few questions from you guys over on the Hello Crocola Radio um, Twitter account. So Orion seven 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 eighteen, aka Orion, your favorite little. Um, but they wanted to know. Um, they wanted us to share, uh, what we like to see from our favorite X Men this year going forward. Go first. Uh, personally, if I had to say, <laughs> so yeah, now Vontae, you get to go first. <laughs> you want me to go first? Yes. What would you like to okay, see from okay. your favorite X Men this year? I think for my favorite X Men, we all know who that bitch is. Um, I would like to see her have a little bit more of realistic type of situations where it's not like she's coming off too perfect. I kind of want to see her kind of go through some type of trial or some type of tribulation that's going to kind of test her character. Like, I want her to be brought down and figure out a way to bring herself back up. Some type of, like, something something like challenging. I want to see something like that from her. Okay, okay, okay. Steven? Uh, for me, I think 
in terms of like where the X-Men are going overall fundamentally, I want them to take magic more seriously. Not just like the character magic with the K, which we're going to see more of as, you know, the new mutants head on over to, you know, Limbo and magic and Madeline Pryor go to war to, to control that world. I think fundamentally there is a lot more opportunities to discuss why doesn't Krakoa rely more on the supernatural aspects because they have a bad field record with fighting magic. Even this year, magic beat they ass. Merlin and them whooped y'all ass and threw y'all out of the other world. And now y'all on the run. But fundamentally, there could be more done. Um, I also went more in terms of the externals. And I think Apocalypse Leaving was a good wrap up to his character. I think there's more to do with Apocalypse as well um, in terms of what he's already started in terms of all this. I think if they go over to Arako, they need to bring Prodigy with them for all those reasons. Because I think the character who wraps up and encompasses everything that we need to know about Arako, that we need about magic, and that we need about the history of what Apocalypse would do can be embodied in Prodigy and his ability to absorb memories and skills so that we can learn more about all those systems that we lost out on through him. So yeah, I think Prodigy is a character I want to see more of this year, specifically in X-Men Red. I think he can be transferred. Oh. Um, so y'all know my my favorite bitch is um, the White Queen that uh, rules everything. Um, I really just want to see what happens in, in Immortal X Men um, and see how she now exert now that Mora is out of the picture as. Um, a hidden factor to Krakoa that they, she's now actively on the run and at, outed as um, a coon. Um, mm, mm. I now need to see who steps up to be the baddest bitch at this point because Charles and and um, Eric's sort of hold over everybody by being Moira's like uh, number one and number two guys. Um, is no longer there. They now all know the secret of Krakoa and Moira. So now who exerts um, leadership over the Quiet Council? And it should be Emma Frost. Oh. Um, I definitely want this shit with Rockslide to be um, sold up because after like going back and reading Young X-Men and knowing that like Rockslide can separate his body at his, on his own at will, he can survive something like that. There's no reason why he died in other world that easily. I call bullshit. Um, I will say that like one thing I've learned through this Hickman era is that like they need to compile much more research on some of these characters because even as even as a podcast, we're starting to catch like you know we've seen that done differently or like how was that able to work now when that didn't work in the past. You know, there needs to be like a Bible on their abilities or some bullshit that really needs to be done. I don't know if Marvel has that, but they really need that. Um, but what I would like to see also is um, I would like to see like, you know, much more obscure characters. I think it's time. Because like, cause one thing I say that we did that, the thing about like, you know, the teams that you would love to see or like your five or seven man team. People have like a lot of obscure, obscure choices. So mm -hmm. I would really love to see like some people come back out to the forefront who who have not been around for a while. So into the rock side thing. That's if you read an X-Men, I forget the, the issue that happened, the previous X-Men run 
before the main one we have right now took off. Um, when Summoner was introduced, he played this game that apparently a magical game that they play on Rocco, which is like a spell where you have players on a team that are representatives of you. And the game or the con- the contact that's supposed to happen with it is by playing it, you see someone's weakness, whether or not they know it themselves. So when Summoner plays it, um, he found out that actually Rockslide's body isn't his body. He's actually a psychic like entity. He's a He's like a shadow king. He has a psychic body. Or like, what's her name? The one who was in the uh, Excalibur run. She was in the necklace. I forget her name because she was so annoying and didn't really matter to me. Oregon? No, that wasn't her. No. Malice? Malice, yeah. Malice. He's like Malice. So his body is not there. He's actually just a, uh, basically a specter. He said the only way to actually kill him is not to destroy his body, but you have to sever that psychic entity. And then in that exchange, Rockslide also got the weakness for Summoner that Wolverine used. He said, oh, you're not fully indestructible. Your eyes are vulnerable. If someone were to penetrate your eyes, they can kill you. And that's supposed to be the little snippet. And it's supposed to be the thing that made them more trustworthy because they became friends, not just on a, I know the weakness to your powers level, but you also see the weaknesses to them as a people. And so it's a bonding exercise. But what they didn't know was that Summoner is a treacherous person. He's a vile, despicable monster. And so when they went to the other world, Sumner used his weakness with his magic sword and the infestation, I think it's called. It's a magic summoned demon sword, basically. And he used it to destroy Rockslide's psychic form. So he didn't just sever his body. He cut him psychically. And so his psychic form died as well. Well, fuck Summoner. Yeah, fuck Summoner all the way through. That's why everyone hated his Mm -hmm. ass. Um, I hope he never comes back. Yeah, he ran a knock. I feel I really feel raw about his death. Like I really hate how he died like that. Um, and I also want and actually want Apocalypse to come back actually. Mm-hmm. Cause like I want I want to see the love triangle between him and um uh Shatterstar. Yeah, I, want the, I think I want, the, I want the mess. I disagree mm-hmm. with how they wrapped that up. I no, actually I don't hate how they wrapped it up. I hate that they never addressed it. Where it was like you, you guys are clearly doing like a homoerotic thing. Like they are. That connection that spontaneously popped up, it wasn't like, oh, he's your mentor. He taught you everything you know about magic. He helped you when you were down and out. Like, clearly, it was like a romantic connotation to it. Like, Apocalypse, yeah. when um, we're our homeboy, I'm going to Drew it now because I feel like that's the way the name should be. When Druid was like on the deathbed, the old Apocalypse would have been like, and if he dies, it's because he wasn't fit to live. Instead, right. Apocalypse was like, don't kill him, bring him back. And if you fail this, healer, I'm going to fucking kill you. And I'm like, that's that's a different version of love and affection that we've seen in Apocalypse. Right. So I need I need them to get back together and 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 and, and ruin uh, Shatterstar's shit. Because Shatterstar basically left that man for dead. It would also, like, Moldoverse act like it wasn't shit. Like, you know, fuck mm-hmm. him. I don't like how they abandoned that relationship. I hope Knights of X uh, addresses that and does more with it. Um, mm-hmm. Also, didn't like when Emma Frost was like, oh, it's just an imaginary world. It doesn't really matter. Well, I'm like, that actually is the staple to the multiverse. You need that. Anywho, this week's circuit party, let's get into it. Cue theme music and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I love that shit. All right, so this week for Circuit Party, we're going to be discussing the rise of the Machine Empire. This week we saw in Inferno how 
the machines actually feel about humanity, which is something that we were hinted at in Hawk's Pop. So we are going to get into the development of the lifetime, machine evolution versus the evolution of mutant kind and where humanity plays hatred of mutant kind in this timeline for this week we're going to discuss the machine empire and whether or not uh, humanity's hatred of mutant kind and this timeline will overshadow their loyalty to their race will they allow the evolution of machines to take them over or will they uh, side with the mutants to work for development or what's going to happen where are we looking at it where are we thinking I can definitely see the humans hubris being their undoing I can't really see them because their hatred with mutant kind is kind of like so it's like so vast and ingrained in history or whatever I just can't see them actually attempting to side I mean you may have a select few but I can't see them siding with mutant kind entirely um as for the machines they're too reliant on the machines and i definitely think that that's going to that's going to be some terminator type shit <laughs> i'll say that so my understanding is that the children of the vault are the next step in human evolution and they require it was an artificial evolution that involved the machines as the the sort of genesis of that evolution. Um, so there's there's absolutely to to your point. No, there's absolutely no way that the humans are would ever partner with the mutants to take down the machines. They rely upon them too heavily. That's how they have any sort of power over anybody else. They would require the machines to be useful in a fight against the mutants. So there's no way that the humans would ever partner uh, with the mutants. So then I'm concerned that, well, not concerned, because I don't really actually give a fuck. Um, so then that becomes, does it become a mutant and machine war? And then they both just say, fuck you humans? Or does one side pick the humans to try to protect? And if it's the mutants that tries to protect the humans, then that turns into um, the point that Araco always has uh, over Krakoa. Why are you wasting your time on these weak bitches? Let them die. They're not your contemporaries. Right. Yeah. I, as, I, as the Shi'ar said, you've conquered Earth. Oh, okay, okay. I, I was like, was I interrupting someone? Um, no, so like, I, um, I really think that like, I really just hope they just off each other, to be frankly honest. Uh, we've already seen that like, you know, the mutants have gone back to nature. So I think they'll be fine. Um, I do think that like, um, the humans may seal their own fate, even though I think it's written that they do end up like aligning and then the humans and the robots do align, and then like they realize the error of the way that the, that the humans are much of a problem. Well, we saw that clearly in Inferno when um, Sentinel um, 
Omega Sentinel off those human beings. Like, she off their ass. I thought that shit was lit. She was like, yeah, we don't trust none of y'all niggas. Like, everybody's trash at this point. Um, but I think, but I think it's like, the thing is so weird about the whole mutant, um, the whole human um, robot, human, human machine alliance is the fact that, like, you guys still model your goals after mutancy. You have abilities like Fei Long. You do cybernetic upgrades to become children of the vaults and shit. Y'all carry. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying like, what do you think gonna happen? You trying to beat them anyway? It's 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 it's, it's giving white people an appropriation. Y'all all got mm-hmm. box braids pretty much playing rap music. You want to say the muty word? No, good goddamn well you not muty. Well, that's my friend. So I call him my muty. Girl, shut up. No one says that. Shut up. <laughs> my shut up. Freak. Right. And it's that's not my... like it's not like y'all are Atlanteans where y'all evolved out of humanity. Right. It's not like y'all are inhumans where y'all were experimented on and created. No, that's right. not it's right. not you're not even another species. You're just being right. lazy. Right, 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 right. You know, my dad was half mute. Right, right. It's like it's like it's like let me do this to like to affect my how mundane I am as a species because like you have the Atlanteans, you have the Inhumans, you have the Eternals. Like everybody has all these like these rich things that are part of their legacy or their identities. And of course, the fucking humans on Earth have nothing to show for themselves but football and fried and um and um and casserole cooking. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. And su- Nothing uh, else. super soldier serums that all failed. Right, 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 right. Because y'all were trying right? to be, because Stop y'all it. were trying to be Wolverine, a mutant. Super soldier serums were all just because they wanted to be Wolverine and they couldn't. Right. But you, know, but you know, if they progress more with, um, with the robots and the, well, the machines or whatever, and they actually come to that realization that Omega Signal said, like, okay, you're basically using us, so what the fuck use do we have? I mean, that's their annihilation right there. Like, if they right. all had that same type of, like, realization that she had, oh, they're fucked. <laughs> I think, first of all, I, I don't know how, I know how it's going to take, but it's going to take to get there. I think Krakoa already has an initiative in case there is a war that does happen. Um, I'm calling it, in my mind, I have the theory it's called Protocol 10, because they love, that, they love to use the X as a 10, where I feel like they're going to activate all un- unactivated mutants on the planet, first and foremost. Highly, highly suspect to do, but I think that's exactly where they're going to go, because if they don't have enough soldiers, which they definitely don't, and they're not going to want to call it Morocco, they're going to activate every single mutant they can. Because I've seen Housepox and Hoxpox, they terraformed Earth before, they were on Mars before, but it went the opposite direction where everyone was too passive to fight. So they're going to do that. But I think it's going to come down to the Avengers and whether or not the Avengers will side with mutant kind first. And not just on a sideline say like, we're supporting you. And anytime you, I think directly it's going to be an event big enough where it's going to be, instead of the Avengers running things, it's going to be X-Men at the forefront of it and the Avengers backing them up. Um, that's going to be what it takes for everyone to go, we need to stand against this. But at the same time, I think it's going to trigger something where what the, what the machines are doing is literally what Ultron wants. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 
And the Avengers stand against Ultron, and they've gotten assistance in dealing with Ultron and the rest of them. Which is also really interesting, because I just realized Nimrod has never fought the Avengers. He's never gone up against wars like that. Ultron's never fought the X-Men, no? The Ultron has fought X-Men before in the Uncanny Avengers, but Ultron has never gone up to the X-Men and went, I deliberately want to fight you because you're mutants. He does. He never cured like that. But I think if Nimrod and Omega Sentinel now expressing their wishes that the war against humanity has started, but they say, but first we got to kill the mutants because if we don't kill the mutants, those are the actual threat. Um, mutant kind basically ensures that humans don't have a reliance on machines. And if every human on planet is a mutant, then they don't. They have the power to stand against us, and we can't have that. I think where this needs to go is an elevation of the stakes, where it's the Avengers delivery saying that not caring about the mutant problem has will now eventually become the machine versus human problem that we have always known might be a possibility. Um, and it's going to lead to the Avengers having to side with Krakoa full on, full force um, and joining that war. And I think that's going to spearhead everything because that's the only way that I think humanity can actually see the benefits of having mutants on their side is if they're in a total situation where it's like you have to pick your poison and in the in in the mutant human mutant war humanity gets crushed between the two forces i'm gonna tell you right now if they ever came to Araco and was like hey girls um can you uh, iska's gonna cut them off before they can finish their sentence don't even ask i think it's gonna ask be a someone else yeah I think it's going to be Storm in that great ring office saying that we want you on our side to help fight this war. I think Esco is going to be like, we will consider it. We will actually help you. Like, yeah, of course, we love a war. We haven't fought in like six months a war. So, yeah. But if you do this, we're going to kill all the humans. I think it's going to be like an ultimatum situation. It's like, if you want mutant help, you can't just be okay with humans. You got to get rid of them. So, it's up to you. You choose either the humans on your side or you choose us. If was on your side, you might definitely win this war, but you're gonna have to kill all the humans or get rid of them or do something about that. Can't be having a fucking moon. They got roughly 75 million mutants between Araco and Krakoa, roughly. Um, I'm sure there's enough power there for them to take out a whole entire species, right. But is it Xavier and whether or not he'll want to do it? And, you know, Xavier never wants to kill a human. Ain't nobody giving a fuck about if if the rest of the council was like, girl, and Eric looked him side-eyed the fuck out of him and was like, girl, you just let this one go. I'm sure they would be killing humans tomorrow. Well, let's look at the vote. (laughs) Colossus, no. Um, Xavier, no. Um, Nightcrawler, no. Emma, hell no. Sebastian, no. Kate, no. Those are, that's already nearly too many no's. Sebastian would absolutely say yes. Sebastian would lose money. There's no humans. That's an entire market gone. The entirety of, yeah, the entirety of that table sits there because they are aware that they require human interaction to have their power. So if there's no more humans, that entire table has no more power. Krakoa has the final say-so. 
I don't think Crow will actually care. I think though, I think Doug will say no just because of that how oh, because it's the that, law. Yeah, he would be like, we enforce this. I don't think we should go for it. It doesn't sound like a good look. So that's gonna be a no. Um, Sinister is iffy. He's up in the air. Uh, definitely, we know Exodus will say yes. Definitely, I've been waiting for this vote my entire life. Um, Storm Mystique would say yes, absolutely. Mystique would say yes. Storm, Storm is iffy. That's a tricky one. Storm's a tricky one. I'm not. I can't say for sure. I think Storm will say yes. But I also think she'll say no. I can't say that she will agree specifically because she would be like, Storm votes for her blackness. I think so. She won't just say kill all humans. She's like. I'm not killing no niggas. And I'm definitely not going to tell y'all to kill Wakanda. So we need to Because Wakanda is going to be a, a hard-ass fucking fight. I'll tell you that. Wakanda well, is going to be a hard-ass fight for Krakoa. Because that's the Empire get involved. Yeah, that's a problem. And T'Challa don't fight fair. And you know he's going to call in that favor. So you know why, you know why our baby is gentle is still on this island. Is the number one reason is because in case T'Challa needs to call in some choppers to do some shit on the island, it's going to be gentle. And T'Challa yeah. would just casually summon like some random ass massive god that can destroy an entire species in like half a second. He he'll just go channel whoever the fuck that is. And then get his sister to build some technology that somehow makes that a thing. I don't know. He'll turn into Naruto. I don't know. Yeah. Well, well I mean, like the next, the next, the next issue of Black Panther number three. He's Storm coming to his ex wife. Yeah. yeah, for help. So I'm wondering what the hell is about to happen. You know, like if you were reading Black Panther, um, suffice to say, there's like a um, they had put super agents in all these countries to protect Wakanda. And they've been getting killed off, but he's going to storm for help. I don't know why. I don't think he's going for help. I think he's going to accuse her of some shit and then ask for help. I think he would be like, "Is Krakoa behind this?" And which after being escorted, I can't really blame him. I'm like, I'm not sure he's going to blame her in particular. I think he's going to say, "This shit happens on your island all the time that even you might not have agreed with." So y'all right. a whole country now. So of course, do I think Wolverine would do this? Yes. Do I think Beast would do this. Hell yes. I've talked to him before. I had conversations with Beast. I know that nigga is fucking crazy. So I'm gonna be like, what in the poor? Girl, we don't do that kind of shit. That shit yeah, I don't need to worry about that. no fucking Wakanda. Right. Who cares about Wakanda? What you're she's the gonna say, unconquered? She's gonna say, you have two other niggas that you should have gone, three other niggas that you should have gone to before me. The first of which is Namor. The second of which is Doom. And the third mm-hmm. of which, the third of which is them niggas over uh, in Attilan, wherever the fuck they are. They're right. trying to find relevance. Let them be accused of trying to fuck with Wakanda because every other person and king that came out of the Fantastic Force sideline characters fucks with Wakanda for some reason. Right. Or it's Thanos, again, with his Eternals since he's the leader of the Eternals now. Yeah, Thanos been fucking with a lot of people. He's fucking with... He's on... Thor's mind right now. He's working with the Eternals, which again, I, I have this theory about the the externals that I really want to see. I really suspect that there is on Araco, or at least who died on Araco, who's waiting to be rebooted by, by the machine, there is mutant eternals. I suspect it. I do. But we're gonna wait and see. I also kind of think that might be a plot line in X-Men Red. 
where the fact is Mars needs Eternals. Hold on. That wouldn't make sense based on how they explained how Eternals are a thing. That they're a separate species from humans altogether. That they don't evolve mm-hmm. because they don't they don't breed. There's a caveat to that. So in the Eternals, there is a caveat that they represent the totality potential of humankind on that planet, right? So okay. yes, they're technically, you know, homo immortalis. But fundamentally, there would need to be some type of caveat. There are caveats to the eternal species, where if they go about doing something in a different way, they adapt the machine to properly reflect the realities of that planet. So if there is a homo race that exists, where there is a potential to the genetic caveat, like the difference of the genetics, they would need to make an addendum to the machine to properly reflect that. Like, the total tribes of Eternals that exist, some of them aren't truly the same exact species reflecting. Like, they have the Polaris, and they have a bunch of different, like, Sea Atlantic, like, Eternals there. They don't have Inhumans, because that's not naturally occurring. Those are genetic freaks. They were done by experimentation. Mutants, by technicality, would need to be properly added to the machine. Um, But definitely, if they have Arako there now and Mars, there might need to be either the Celestials popping up or the Eternals themselves who make Eternals for that planet because now it's viable. They justify a bunch of different ways, but they have done that before where they went naturally as the machine develops, which is just codenamed as Earth develops, they need to make additions to it. Um, And they vote on it in the Unimind, just like they did about why Thanos exists, how Thanos came to be. It was an addendum. When there's going to be another addendum, there should potentially have been one about mutants as well. As soon as Selene ever appeared as the first mutant, quote unquote, there should be an addendum. Or even more specifically, because they're doing more with the Avengers 10,000 BC, um, there should have been an addendum the moment that the first Phoenix appeared. That's why I hate like sometimes with Marvel, like not with Marvel, but with comics in general, like the stories are so all over the place. It's like those kind of things can like fall through the cracks. Mm-hmm. I hate but that. it does make for good later on. Like I would want to see. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we hear mm-hmm. you. Okay, I was just checking because it said it was unstable. I would like to see potentially like how what where does the externals fit into the eternals? Because I don't suspect, I feel like, I don't want to say that Apocalypse made the Eternals because they're based off the Eternals. The whole pun is that they're Eternal X-Men or Eternal X-Gene. I would like to see or at least accept the fact that because Apocalypse involves himself with the Celestials so much, like using their tech, that it was considered like that's where he got a lot of inspiration for what he could be. Like not just a really powerful creature, but you see these motherfuckers flying around with more powers than any one Omega level mutant might have, then yeah, I would say like he would look at that and be Loki inspired to make his own shit. Right. I think it would just be an interesting story just to see an, an, an eternal mutant just being and how that will fuck up like whatever system is going on over there in that story. Because the Eternals are already self-contained. Like they've been doing all this shit and like nothing else gets impacted because they are staying in their own business that I think it will be interesting. 
I mean, I mean, it could easily be Ab- Abigail Brand because they've never really revealed her lineage. Child, let's no. Mm-mm. Oh, I'm we don't about like that. We don't fuck with her. Yeah, I really, I really hate her ass. Now, I, what I would like to see next year is her die. I want her ass first. I feel like that should be the worst consequence possible for a mutant. They didn't even do that shit to, to Saber too. They didn't take his X gene. I think Brand, with how fucked up she's been, they should rule. Like you don't even get to be in the fucking hole. You thought that was the worst thing you could do, and it is. It could be because you like to be off planet and shit. But in fact, we're going to cure your ex gene and we're going to tell everyone what you did. Have fun. Right. Yeah, because that husband. She's the Amy. tragic mulatto. Girl, get the fuck. Right. It's passing all over again. Her and that Nissan Ultima haircut is. Ooh. That's when I knew. We should have known. We should have known. known. That's our fault. We fucked up. Someone want to stab her in the fucking up. throat. She got should, a son named Caden somewhere. We fucked up. <laughs> oh no, we what if up. Brand challenges Storm for her seat? And wins? She would lose. She, yeah, we know she beat. should lose. We know motherfuckers cheat all the time. They make up any reason for something for the story to happen. You know they'll say, oh, she had nanites in her pocket and injected them and that's how she won mm. plus we don't know what the limits of her power is she never uses it I wouldn't be surprised if that brand shit is not the limit of what she can do uh-huh. I'm really curious as well all I know is that her shit heats up that's all I know right she like, burn, girl, niggas. girl go make me a cup of tea and shut up <laughs> yeah, scorching hand jobs. Right, go make go make me a cup of tea. That's what you're good for. They they need to put they need to put Abigail Abigail Brand inside of a Starbucks and, and that be her punishment. You go work at Starbucks. You good at heating up cups. Hell, make, make her making co- coffee hell, make for her, Polaris. Hell, right. make her a cookie. Make her a cookie at Denny's. I think she do good. But I make sure she knows almond milk boils faster than actual milk. So you should be careful. It's a different timing system. But anywho, that has been our circuit party for today. Um, and what comic service is coming out next week, actually? What are we oh, looking we forward know. to? Whatever Marvel decides to give us, but I think Marauders is one of them. So is it the official start of the new run? No, uh, was- no this is the last one of Mara- of the the original Marauders run. And then I think also what whichever book starts first the live the x lives and deaths of wolverine i think whichever one is starts that starts next week starts next week too yeah i don't think the other books really start until isn't in march yeah march and april yeah. i think we get sabertooth book next month too mm-hmm. you better be naked in it i ain't buying it <laughs> Marvel is owned by Disney. Just want you to remember that. That's fine. That's fine. They 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 Disney Disney calling us niggas back in the sixties. They could be a little something, little dick they owe us. At the very least, they owe us. 
They really do. I would love to see something amazing and fantastic. <laughs> I really would. Mm-hmm. Well, that is our lovely show. Giving you on mute. Being humbled by my internet connection. Um, I try to win all my life. You know, I tried to win last week with getting a new job at NPR and that didn't work out. I try to win by being a good friend and I try to win my internet connection. And sometimes you can't be allowed to live. Um, so what I was saying was I was looking forward to reading more about the Devil's Ring because I've been like saving it up so I can read it all in a chunk. But it's dropping soon. I can't wait to read it. In total, next week, we have a big week in terms of total comic books dropping. There's a lot. They're putting out a lot of comics for uh, next week. But in terms of X-Men comics, we only have Marauders, it looks like. That's it? That right? Yeah, it's only Marauders. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But I'll also just start checking out Daredevil, Woman Without Fear. The Death of Doctor Strange is dropping Bloodstone 1. Um, Devil's Reign, as I said earlier, and Savage Avengers. Ooh, has I anyone, think that's the last one of Savage Avengers, too. Mm-hmm. Has anyone seen um, Death of Doctor Strange, uh, X-Men, Black, Black Knight? I have not seen that. Did it, did it come out with my grade? It hasn't come out yet. It hasn't come out. They skipped it. Yeah, yeah, it was supposed to come out. Uh, I think a couple weeks ago, but it hasn't come out yet. But I stopped reading my books because I didn't know if I had missed something or I had fucked up or you know. Okay, good. I ain't got stress no more about it. Well, yeah, Doctor Strange is going well. I look forward to actually. I hope they keep the same writing team for the actual uh, Sorcerer Supreme run with Clea because I would really, I would check that out. I like how they're doing it. Yeah, and even Strange Academy getting halfway decent. People give that book a lot, and I feel like it's so generous of them. Wow. Well, you read the Eternals, but you don't know about taste, so. Baby girl, I love, <laughs> first of all, I love Strange Academy. I like the idea of it. I just don't like always like the execution. I don't like how big the team has gotten. Um, Strange Academy had like a weird like four or five issues in a row where I was like, Girl, this is still going on, and then it found its new place after that. And I've liked this little sub story that they have going on about Zoe. Yeah, and this future team. Mm-hmm. And this future team they have also about their future. I'm really curious. You know, like a little time travel. A little time travel can like break up the monotony if they smart mm-hmm. and do like the X Men. Start playing all mm-hmm. the realities and shit. That's how you get it going. It's just gonna be so much better to this, oh, I think. And I think it's just the congestion of the of the cast is the issue. And like because they keep leaping back and forth between the congested cast and the teachers, whereas I think getting rid of Dr. Strange opens up the, the floor for characters you actually care about. Like Brother Voodoo feels like he should be more involved for being Dumbledore of his of his Hogwarts, and he's not. Mm-hmm. Amen. All right, but that's all I got. That's all we got. Until next week, we'll have a show. (laughs) We'll We'll still be here. 
We'll still be here. We'll be black and we'll be queer. Love y'all. Love, Love you. you. Bye. Bye.